African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Headlines, Tanzania charges opposition leader and five party members with inciting hatred and rebellion against the government. South Africa's defense minister says there's no indication from the United Nations that the presence of South African troops is under review in Congo. And scientists say a new discovery about the origin of the Earth's oceans means it's more likely that life could exist beyond our solar system. A very good morning to you, I'm Anne Musa. Tanzania has charged the leader of a major opposition party and five party members with inciting hatred and rebellion against the government. The case comes as critics accuse President John Makafuli of being intolerant of dissent in the East African nation. A statement by the court in Dar es Salaam says Freeman Mboe and the other Chadema party members have been denied bail. The charges are related to their alleged roles in a protest last month during which police allegedly shot in killed a student. President Ian Kham of Botswana has wrapped up a national farewell tour before he stands down on Saturday. Khama visited all of Botswana's 57 constituencies since December, bidding a long goodbye to a population of just 2.2 million after serving the constitutional maximum of 10 years in office. He will be succeeded by Vice President Mukhoetsi Masisi 18 months before elections. Khama, a former pilot and military chief, demonstrated his outspoken streak when he recently accused U.S. President Donald Trump of promoting policies that encourage poaching and summoning the American envoy over Trump's alleged slur against African countries in January. Clefom Beta, the lawyer for self-declared general of Kenya's newly formed national resistance movement, Meguna Meguna, says his client was drugged and wounded when authorities forced him onto a plane as he was deported to Dubai. The Kenyan government insists Meguna is a Canadian citizen and that he denounced his Kenyan citizenship. Ombeta says he and a team of lawyers had gone to Nairobi Airport where Miguna was being held to serve court papers on the police ordering his release. He says they were attacked and upon hearing this, Miguna locked the door of the room where he was being held. So they then broke the door down 
drugged him, injected him on the wrist and also on the chest and took him to the flight. He was drugged and I'm sure of that and the Canadian officials in, in Dubai have actually uh, taken him to for treatment. South Africa's Defence Minister Nosibwema Pisangakula says there's no indication from the United Nations that the presence of South African troops in the Democratic Republic of Congo is under review. South Africa's public broadcaster SABC News reports it has information that the UN is conducting a review following at least nine cases of sexual exploitation against South African National Defence Force members, Mapisangakula explains. I have not received notification that the deployment is under review, but what I do know is that there are challenges which we have. There have been incidents of, uh, which have been reported of SEER cases, and, uh, and of course the UN has expressed uh, absolute uh, disgust and has condemned And finally, scientists say a new discovery about the origin of the Earth's oceans means it's more likely that life could exist beyond our solar system. Studying the oxygen in rocks from the moon and Earth, they concluded that there was water on Earth even before the collision that made the moon. Researchers say this demonstrates the resilience of water, suggesting it could be abandoned on other planets. Lead researcher at the Open University in the UK, Richard Greenwood. When planets accrete, they go through this kind of final stage in which, because there's a lot of larger planets around, they crash into each other. So we get this period of giant impacts at the very end of the formation of planets like the size of the Earth. And we know that takes place in other solar systems. So by extrapolating from Earth, we know that the water can survive these events. So water would survive these events elsewhere. Water being the vital ingredient of life and being so tenacious, it it increases the possibility that life is out there elsewhere. Recapping the top stories, Tanzania charges opposition leader and five party members with inciting hatred and rebellion against the government. South Africa's Defence Minister says there's no indication from the United Nations that the presence of South African troops is under review in Congo. And scientists say a new discovery about the origin of the Earth's oceans means it's more likely that life could exist beyond our solar system. This is indeed a joyous night. We are delighted by the overwhelming support for the African National Congress. To the people of South Africa and the world, this is indeed a joyous night for the human spirit. Your help and apathy. This year, 2018, marks 100 years since the birth of South Africa's first democratically elected president, Nelson Kholihlahla Mandela. Join Channel Africa, South Africa's international public service radio station, as we celebrate a centenary of the life and times of Madiba. Join us in a year-long broadcast campaign in honor of Nelson Mandela's legacy through a variety of informative radio programs. Channel Africa, celebrating 100 years of Nelson Mandela from an African perspective.
Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Uh, thank you for joining us on our various platforms on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. That's our main service into Sub-Saharan Africa. In the Sadak region, we broadcast in some countries that have our uh, channel uh, 802 audio bouquet on DSTV. And also you can stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. That's www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, I have to say it's going to be a big weekend uh, this week. Uh, We know that it's Easter weekend. So happy Easter weekend to all our Christians out there on the African continent. That's what we're going to be discussing today. Asking the question, is Easter an African phenomenon? Is it something that we should be celebrating even as Christians looking at its uh, origins? According to the International Bulletin of Mission Research, it states that Africa has the most Christians with up to almost 600 million subscribing to the religion. Now, in Easter time, many Christians will be observing the holiday in some countries with uh, Easter visuals, daily ritual of prayer, and some taking pilgrimages to spiritual locations to celebrate their faith. However, many have contested on the African continent that Easter isn't a, a Christian phenomenon, nor is it African, with the origin of the name coming from Iostre, uh, relating to the uh, Teutonic goddess. Now, to help us on this, we joined on the line by Reverend Mzwandile Molo, who is from the South African Council of Churches, and also we've got a Rambuda, who is a member of the African World Heritage Fund, uh, giving us his time as well on our program today. I want to start the conversation from you, Reverend Mullo, in terms of Easter in itself. From a Christian perspective and the origins of this word Easter, what does this come from? Why, as Christians, do we call uh, the the, the issue of Jesus and uh, stories around his narrative. Why do we relate it to the word Easter? Good, good morning, uh, Benjamin, and to your listeners. Uh, let me start by saying thank you very much for giving us the opportunity to engage with your listeners sure. on this on this moment in in the journey. Secondly, let me give my my wishes to everybody for on, on this Easter period, especially those who are Christian and those who believe in it. Now, um, my, my, my contribution to you is, will be that we as Christians, at this moment, we celebrate in remembrance of what we call the Passion of Christ, which is the journey that takes him to the cross itself, which is Good Friday, as we would call it, and from Good Friday, we then uh, engage the tragic, the tragic yet hopeful death of our Lord. And then on Sunday, based on our scriptural tradition and the church's embrace of that tradition and teaching, we then celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is an indication for us of the triumph of good over evil and of the triumph of the power of life over death. And that's what informs our celebration of this weekend in remembrance of the one who we believe represents to us as best as anything else mm. God's love for the world. It's persistent in trying to change the world for the good. Reverend, as, as um, a Christian leader, 
do you think we should be asking ourselves more questions around uh, why we call it Easter and how it's also been commercialized? How does the church separate itself from uh, uh, other uh, belief systems and also the fact that it has become highly uh, polarized in its belief with commercial aspirations such as the Easter bunny, such as holidaying and other peripheral issues? Thank you very much. Uh, indeed, the, the, the challenge of com- commodification in life in, in all aspects of it is one that the church is very much alert to in our world. We have become and we have kind of made sure that as a people, everything for us is a commodity to be sold. And we will fully agree with the critique of anybody, including of the church itself, where it takes the belief of, of the power of simplicity over the chase of opulence, the power of, of, of humility over arrogance, the power of service over the search for dominance, mm. and take it as a way to commodify and use it for, 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 for commercial purposes. a serious challenge, even for the Christian faith. And we are aware that within the Christian people, we all live with a reality that even amongst ourselves, we are, we are easily ready to fail our faith. And our belief is that our faith is anti these things. Our faith is based on a, on a simple, on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a Lord who lives among the simple, allows mm. himself to be a servant of those who are powerless and used whatever he has as an instrument to transcend the, the, the domination structures mm, mm. of religion were dominating others mm, mm. of religion that was commercialized. If you remember, remember the famous story of how he cleansed the temple, of how he went into the temple and would have found a way to critique and stand against those whom he believed were modifying the religion and the role of the temple in society. So I agree with you that we need to be very careful of not allowing ourselves to be to be a commodity to be sold by those who want to make money out of the religion of our people. Well, let me bring Funi into the conversation. That's Funi Rambuda, who's joining us from the African World Heritage Fund. Funi, thank you for giving us your time. Now, with the Christianity becoming one of the dominant religions on the African continent, there has been appropriation also of how Easter is celebrated. It manifests itself in different ways, that particular celebration, doesn't it, Funi? No, no, you're correct. Thanks, Benjamin, for having me. Uh, really, I really appreciate it. I think from where, where, where I sit, we really need to start from the beginning uh, in terms of those who brought the religion to Africa, because that, that was actually the beginning of Christianity. So if you look at the essence of, of Jesus' death, the fundamental question that it looks to, to, to articulate is that there was a redemption of mankind with God, right? So the question I think that we need to ask as Africans is that do we feel... Uh, 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 redeemed? Do we feel equal to the entire humanity as uh, the death of uh, Jesus Christ symbolizes? And I think that's the premises where we need to have this discussion for. Mm. Go ahead. What are your thoughts on that? Now, my thought is that, I mean, if we look at, either we're looking at it from the renewal of, 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 of the mind when it comes to an African child, how do we look at ourselves as Africans? 
will still feel inferior are equal to those that we are considered to be of better race than us. Because those are the very same essence that they are the ones who brought the religion to Africa. So it has to mean something to us in its own entirety and practicality. So I think from where we sit is that do we really have to celebrate something that we as, as, as Africans cannot really relate in its own entire, entirety when it comes to Easter? That's a good question that you're asking because also what we've seen in African uh, spiritualism, especially in how Christianity has been appropriated within the social and cultural context, Sfuni, we've seen uh-huh. a multiplication and diversification of the Christian religion in itself, where in some quarters some believe that you cannot include ancestry worship as part of the Christian uh, religion, when other uh, circles there are those who've incorporated the African spiritualism of including ancestry within um, the Christianity in itself. So it is polarized in how the celebration even takes place in its appropriation by Africans. No, no, you, you, you are correct, Benjamin. Hence, I was saying that if you look at the Christianity as a, bo- as a body, remember the origin, of course, begins uh, from the death of Jesus Christ, right? Then now, the question is, that why would you want to relate with something that does not look practical to you as an African child? And what? I think that's mm. what I would... Mm. Yeah, yeah. L- let me bring I, that I, back to, to uh, Reverend um, Zwandi Lemol in terms of... Uh, uh, what Funi is saying, Reverend, saying that the Christian religion is irrelevant to the African. Do you think that's true? Thank you, sir. I, 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 I followed his argument well. I, I didn't because I, I couldn't hear him. I'm very sorry about that. So I don't. The gist of his argument, I do not get. The critiquing those who brought the religion is the critiquing the substance of the religion. Okay. Is the critiquing what the religion really is about? So I'm not quite sure really of this problem, because there's there's always a distinction between criticizing those who bring the message, and and the substance of what the message is. So there's always a distinction that we need to be very careful about. But let me just say this to you. Now. The, the, to say for an African child or African mind, Christianity is irrelevant, I would, I would say for me that's, a, that's basically a, a starting point that I think will not take us any further mm. because that will then have to make us ask the question, what do you mean by an African mind? Sure. You must ask the question, who defines what an African mind is? You must ask the question then to these millions of Africans who follow this principle called Jesus Christ are they hoodwinked? Are they stupid? Are they unable to think critically? Mm. Going to, we are going to go into a rabbit hole. I don't think sure. it will help anybody if we are going to engage that. What I do, what I am prepared to say to you right sure. now is this fundamental belief that I, that I hold. Mm. That as African who is truly committed to my identity as an African, I don't see anything in the story and the life of the person called Jesus Christ that fundamentally contradicts who I am, what I believe about life. And therefore, in the story, in the story of Jesus Christ, I have a fundamental connection with the idea that in him, Jesus Christ, that is, there's a revelation of the power of God and the power of love that transcends all boundaries, that confronts power, power that is unaccountable, power that is corrupt, 
power that is unable to keep itself true to, to, to values of what it is to be in God's child. That, that commitment to that love and to that truth that is able to suffer, even at the cost of those, even at the hands of those who would wish to dominate it, even in their own, with their own setting, mm. that love, that commitment to justice and transformation is one that I fundamentally connect with as an African because I know what it is to live with dispossession and powerlessness. But at the same time, find then the power to be transformed by the power of this life called Jesus Christ. Whether there are those who represent Christianity who have have done wrong things, I would say to you, the church itself is very consistent in saying to yourself, in saying to itself, we are not representing a people who do not out, would not do wrong things. And therefore, the critique is one that Christians within or Africans are living consistently criticizing themselves, criticizing the church in general, criticizing the history that brought Christianity to, to our continent, criticizing the abuse of that same religion for colonial purposes that have always been served by those who were in power and by those who were, mm-hmm. who were conjoined, conjoined with, the, with, the, with the imperial the Imperial um, Congress of Africa. Sure. I'm going to come back to Funi and uh, raise some of the questions that you asked him there, Reverend Mullo, but a very fascinating conversation we're having here, really about the relevance of Easter. And also, I would like to dwell, delve into the issues that are asked uh, Funi a little bit more, Reverend, with you in terms of how Africans have owned the celebrations of Easter themselves. We know that the, the, the ZCC go to a pilgrimage. We know there's a lot of prayers that take place in their own fashion depending on which uh, uh, circles and which part of the Christianity space you were in because there are various manifestations of Christianity on the African continent. Let's take a quick break and then we'll look at those issues after this. This is Channel Africa. South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet, and satellite. From an African perspective. Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French, and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Chandalunya Njovo, and you are listening to Channel Africa. We love Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Well, today we're asking the question, uh, should uh, Easter weekend be an African celebration? Give us your thoughts on our WhatsApp um, message or voice notice uh, on plus two seven seven six three zero zero three three two seven. Remember, that's not an SMS number, but a WhatsApp number where you can message us and voice notice. We'll be asking the question, should Easter weekend be an African celebration? We want to hear your thoughts. Our WhatsApp number is plus two seven seven six three zero zero three three two seven. In South Africa, you can just simply uh, dial 076-300-3327. Very interesting start to the conversation we're having today looking at Easter as an African celebration. Is it relevant? Already, we have two polarized views coming from Funi Rambuda, who's asking the question, uh, is Easter 
something that we can appropriate as Africans, where Reverend Zwandi Lemolo says he doesn't see the message of Christianity something foreign to his own African experience. Now we're also going to be joined by Dr. Matole Mutsecha, founder of the Kara Institute. But I want to come to you, Funi, before I go to Dr. Mutsecha, because I'm interested in what Reverend Mullo was highlighting, because it was an interesting point that he brought forth, the fact that are you not going too far by actually contending with how the message of Christianity was brought into Africa instead of looking at the message itself? Those two, shouldn't they be separated when you look at the relevance of Christianity in the African context? No, Benjamin, I, I, I hear you. And I think maybe let me just uh, indicate one thing here. I am not advocating for ancestral worship here. I was saying, let's go back to the beginning. The essence of Christianity today fundamentally comes from the death of Jesus Christ, right? Which then we are told, or what the Bible or the scripture tells us is that Jesus died so that he can redeem humanity or mankind with God. So when you talk about redemption, redemption equals equality. So what I was saying is that as an African child, how practical is that equality today? Can I therefore be expected to celebrate something that I may not find to be practical in my life? I mean, I'll take one scripture, for example. In the book of Isaiah 119, the Bible says, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Now, the question is, as an African child, am I not still finding myself being treated as, as a second citizen in my own country, in my own continent, or in my own land? So that redemption should then seek to, to put us in the same pedestal. We find ourselves today worshipping the very same God we are told that has redeemed us. But we still yet find people whom we are worshipping together with in the very same body of Christ, treated it, or treating each other as not being equal to the other on the basis of either race or, or, or ethnic groups. So that mm. is the premises of okay. my argument. I'm saying there is nothing wrong. Of course, as I said, I'm not advocating that there must be a, a ancestral worship. I'm a mm. Christian myself. Sure. But what I'm saying is that from an African child perspective, okay. how practical is that redemption today? All right. Do I feel equal? Okay, I get what you're saying. So you you yeah. putting that the the arena of this discussion in a more socio-political space. I understand what what you say there, Funi. Let me see if I can get Dr. Matole Mutsecha and his views. We've already started the conversation, uh, Dr. Mutsecha, but let me start start getting your thoughts on the relevance of Eastern and African context. Is it an African thing from from your view? What do you think? So you know uh, this debate. Uh and the contributions just uh, reveals uh, ignorance about uh, the African origins of uh, Christianity itself. Because uh, the uh, four stations of the sun, the first station of the sun uh, takes place on the 21st and the 22nd of June. Mm when the sun enters the Tropic of Cancer, and the second, and that is celebrated as the festival, uh, the uh, uh, the St. John's Festival. The second is when the sun uh, reaches the equator uh, after three months. That is uh, was celebrated as the feast of the uh, cross. And then the third, is when the sun enters the Tropic of Capricorn uh, 
on the uh, 21st, 22nd of December, mm. and that uh, became Christmas. And the sun returns to the north, and uh, when it reaches uh, the, uh, the the equator on the 21st, 22nd, that uh, uh, was celebrated as uh, uh, Easter, long before Jesus was born. Mm. So all these uh, Christian festivals are based on the stations of the sun. So uh, when the Christian festivals were crafted, they adopted festivals which existed long before the the birth of uh, Jesus and uh, crafted them onto the new religion. Mm, but mm. Uh, uh, Easter uh, has uh, initially nothing to do with the death and resurrection of Jesus the Christ. It is about the solar cycle. It's a mm. solar festival which was celebrated in Africa before even the birth of Adam. Mm. Well, that's interesting that you highlight that because I did bring that to the forefront, speaking about uh, the origin of the name Easter coming from uh, the Teutonic uh, goddess uh, Eoster. And um, that's the question I was asking. Is there a problem with the conflation of those dates for you, Dr. Mutsero, and the definitions there? Uh, do they actually change the reality of uh, one religion to another, one belief system to another. And you know, these religions uh, are, formed, are founded by individuals uh, who also wanted to establish a power base. Because uh, basically, you know, on the 23rd, on the 20, the, the sun moves from the south, from the Tropic of Capricorn for three months. It reaches the equator on the 21st, the 22nd, uh, which is the autumn uh, uh, equinox. Now, when it crosses the equator into the northern hemisphere, it means the sun dies on the southern, uh, mm, on mm. The southern hemisphere. Sure. So it becomes uh, winter. Mm, mm. Then it is reborn in the northern hemisphere. That rebirth of the sun in the northern hemisphere then becomes the resurrection. Of the of the Christ, mm. so this is all about a solar cycle, which has been adopted mm. and made part of a religion. Well, so, uh, it's, well, I, I want to look at that, um, Reverend Mzwandi Lemolo, in terms of the appropriation of times and dates and moments, and uh, do you worry about that? The fact that. This could have had a conflation of definitions as a Christian and a definition of uh, moments and redefining each religion in itself and it maintaining its own status quo. What are your thoughts around what Dr. Motsaka is highlighting? I know you have a different philosophies and belief systems, so we're not attacking each other's belief systems, but we're speaking about that issue of, of time and how the appropriation of when these celebrations take place are. What are your thoughts on that? Thank you very much. Uh, before I respond to, to, to Dr. Mutsaka, I do want to take up the point that was made, in it, and sure. I hope I heard him well again. Okay, sure. The point made by, 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 by the, the, the previous uh, 
Sure, that's yeah. funny, yes. Because I think it's, it's, the critique is yeah, funny. Thank you, sir. Because I think his critique is very valid. That the, what we need to deal with, with, with us as Christians that directly, is to live with the possible hypocrisy that exists in our social structures that do not reflect what we believe our faith calls us to be. And I think it's quite correct to say if we do believe in a society that is going to be produced by values of equality, by values of justice, by values of solidarity, and values of hard work that produces how we must live together, and if we believe in that, and if our faith practitioning is not consistent with that, we need to call that out. And we will be Jesus Christ himself, who consistently critiques the power structures of his religion and the empire of his time. So part of the English indeed is to call out the, the distance between what we profess and how we behave in professing what we do. So I just want to okay with him and I agree sure. with him there sure. that we, we, we can engage that and should engage that. Okay. The issue that Dr. Mutecha is raising, the, my only brief uh, comment to that is that Christianity, for example, all, any student of Christian knows that Christianity is not an old religion and probably is one of the youngest. In, in the world. So we do not stand up and profess that everything that we do is something radically new. Christ himself consistently connects what he professes to what is inherited as part of his own journey. When you talk of the Lamb of God, you don't talk of the Lamb of God outside of the metaphors that have been part of his own formation. What am I saying? What I'm saying to you is I'm not even going to I don't think Dr. Mutsaka is wrong in pointing us to the origin of this matter. But I want to say to you that Christianity is one that is clear that we are always built on something that we receive as part of our journey. What we do to interpret it, see it in us beauty, see it in our power, and then begin to speak about how that as we are taught and by the life of the one called Jesus the Christ. So therefore, if you come and say to me, this thing predates the birth of Christ, I'm not going to debate with you that it predates the birth of Christ because mm-hmm. what I do know is that even the word Passover doesn't come with Jesus. It, mm-hmm. pa- it comes long before Jesus, mm-hmm. the word Passover. Mm-hmm. So in all of that, therefore, Christianity cannot claim that it brought everything that it talks about as something radically new. What Christianity claims is its ability to say to the life of Jesus Christ, we have come to reinterpret some of these things that we have come to understand in our lives. Mm. Coming back to you, Funi, in terms of that appropriation of the messaging of, of the gospel in itself, we know that it is very diverse. You talking from it from a socio-political space, but also from how it manifests itself from a religious perspective has been very clear in how there are many uh, proliferations of uh, the faith in itself and how it's manifested in so many dimensions in various countries on the African continent because culturally Africa is so rich. What are your thoughts around that um, physical manifestation of Christianity in modern time as today. We know we also have problems with that in the more contemporary church circles. Uh, thanks again, Benjamin. I think one thing I just need to do um, is to contend with uh, Dr. Mutsekabe. 
uh, indicating that, of course, Christianity was founded by individuals. So the, the bottom line is that it talks a lot in, with regards to the belief system. So, however, m- my social engagement in this part is that is that body now a true reflection in terms of the redemption which I've been advocating from the beginning? That is the body of Christ now today representing the very same values that the Reverend is talking about of equality and dignity. So if you look at yourself as an African child, are those true reflections of what this body represents? So that's the premises of my, my, my argument here, looking at it from the social engagement. Mm. All right, Dr. Mutsaka, I want to come to you. Maybe ask the question that Funi refuses to answer and he keeps that point of the socio-political space. And I appreciate that because I do get his point and why he's weighty on that. But I'm also interested in the manifestations of Christianity. And as someone who understands uh, Christian spirituality, yes, the Christian faith has is got multi-manifestations on the African continent. What are your thoughts on that? You know, uh, these manifestations are the result of uh, the uh, colonial uh, manipulation of uh, Christianity to suit uh, certain purposes. Because uh, if you look at uh, 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 the Christian gospel, there are many Christian Gospels which were written by Africans on the African continent which were left out of the Bible. So when you talk about Christianity, it depends which books are you uh, reading. Are you only reading the four Gospels that are included in the Bible? Or are you reading the others that were excluded? Are you reading the history of Christianity itself? Uh, have you read the evolution of uh, Christianity itself? Because uh, Christianity uh, is not a Jewish religion. Jesus was not, was not a Jew. Uh, the mother of Jesus was an African. The wife of Jesus was an African. And uh, so this suppressed information about the true identity of the mother of Jesus, the identity of Christ himself, the identity of uh, the wife of Christ himself, uh, and the uh, mystical aspect of Christianity uh, has led us into all this uh, uh, confusion. Even uh, if you ask the Pope in Rome, what is the origin of the word uh, uh, Christ? Uh, The word Christ is actually a corruption of an African word, character, which means the light and life uh, of God. Uh, so uh, this debate only mm-hmm. uh, makes us aware of the importance of the African Renaissance. So that as Africans, mm-hmm. let's go back and say, who are we, where do we come from? These things that we adopted from Europe, how did they originate Mm. and how did they develop? Because uh, there's a lot of uh, corruption uh, that we are uh, uh, dealing with now. But uh, uh, Easter, if you look at the Zodiac of Dendera, Mm. which talk about the Lamb of God, 
the Lamb of God that was uh, sacrificed to nourish humanity. It was uh, a symbol that uh, from the when the sun uh, crosses the equator and then uh, it uh, signifies harvest, which means that uh, Easter is actually originally a harvest festival. It has nothing mm. to do with the physical death mm. of a, a human being called Jesus. Sure. Well, I'm going to take one more break, and then when we come back, gents, we're going to wrap up and get a, a viewpoint from all of you just to get a final sentiment uh, from uh, uh, all our guests. If you're just joining us, we've got Dr. Matole Mutecha, the founder of Kara Institute. We also have uh, Reverend Zwandile Mulo uh, from uh, the South African Council of Churches. Funi Rambuda also joins us from the African World Heritage Fund. Fascinating conversation, has different, different views that are coming into on how we can appropriate the Christian faith and how we have appropriated it and questions around that in itself whether they're socio-political, whether they're scriptural in themselves, and the factual factuality around it. That are the questions that we're asking on the show today. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back with our guests just to wrap up the show. Good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. That's the awesome thing about radio. You never know which direction a conversation will take. And that's why I love uh, doing this program because every time you never know what the points of the speakers that we have on our program will actually lead us to unpacking. But let's wrap it up with our guest. Reverend Zwandi Lemolo, let me start with you in terms of... uh, the discussion today and I think we've embraced the diversity in the philosophies around what we see as uh, Easter from an African context. From you, in your perspective, how important is the sacredness of of these moments for the African child? For me, my, my point would simply as I end my contribution to this conversation is that an African child who does not commit him or herself to understanding who they are and how they evolve throughout history, whatever sacred moments come, there are always going to be moments where dislocated the essence of who they are and who they can be. Mm. So any person who wants to be a Christian and wants to be serious about them being African have to commit themselves not simply to receiving information, but simply engaging with it in a deep search for who they can be and who they are in in the space that we are in. So I want to start there because I say that because indeed we can even get up into spaces. Oh, we've lost the reverend there uh, for a moment. Uh, let me move on to my other guest. Funi, just in a minute there, you heard there, it's really about identity, is it? About locating your own identity even within your spiritual context. How would you wrap it up? Just in a minute or so, we're running out of time. 
Uh, thanks, Benjamin. I think my parting shot here will really be, again, back to my point of redemption, that an African child needs to ask himself or herself that, am I really redeemed and am I one with God? And if, coming back to the point of uh, Dr. Montreza, if it's really all about colonial ma- manipulation, the question we need to ask ourselves in search of African renaissance, how practical is this gospel to who we are as Africans? So I think that is the premises of my argument throughout, that the social engagement here, we need to make the very same essence that we have to believe and understand that are we really in one accord with God? And are we then looking at ourselves as not being inferior or are we not really that being treated as that? So I think the practicality of the gospel must reflect the values of humanity. You know, are we equal in the eyes of society? Mm. That will really be my parting shot. Well, uh, let's uh, give it to you, Dr. Mutsecha, just in a minute uh, as we wrap it up. Don't be too long. Your final sentiments. You know, if we rediscover the African calendar, we will rediscover the origins of both Judaism and Christianity, and we'll find that they are both indigenous African religions which have been uh, distorted and utilized by other people to colonize us. And now we are discussing the legacy of colonialism. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Motecha, for giving us your time from the Kara Institute. Thank you to Reverend Zwandile Mulo from the South African Council of Churches and Funi Rambuda from the African World Heritage Fund. Definitely another dynamic conversation here on African Dialogue. Thank you, James, for giving us your time. Thank you so much, Benjamin. Texas 11.45 Central African time. Uh, See Tracy Boomgaard walking into the studio to give us our business news. Let's see what's happening in the world of economics in Africa. Thank you, Benjamin. British Prime Minister Theresa May is to...